Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey, my guest is a singer-songwriter who plays guitar and ukulele. Her sixth album is called That Is a Pegasus and was largely funded by a successful crowdfunding campaign. Her Sleepy Kitten video went viral and is nearing a million views on YouTube. She just played in Chicago last week and has shows coming up in the likes of Connecticut, her home state of New Jersey, plus Maryland, Virginia, and Massachusetts. We'll get into some of the honors she has received, but in the meantime, you've been hearing one of her songs entitled With Pride. And it's my pleasure to welcome Sarah Donner. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for doing this today. I know you've got quite a heavy schedule. You're not only playing a show up in Connecticut tomorrow, but have a lesson to give right after this interview, because in addition to all your own music commitments, you also give guitar and voice lessons? Yes, yes. Uh, Apparently people want to learn how to sing. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I teach, um, for some reason, mostly girls um, that want to sound like Taylor Swift and uh, <laughs> kind of train them up to be little rock stars. But it's a lot of fun. It's, it's something I, I enjoy quite a bit. So I've got, a, I've got a lesson schedules between Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I do lots of shows. And it's just something to kind of keep me busy and keep the cats fed. So. But I was given a note at the last minute right before we started this interview uh, about, I'm just going to read this. She taught songwriting to five to fourteen year old kids at Kids Bridge Arts Camp for three days for the last five years, and they call her Miss Skittle. So that's entirely <laughs> different. It sounds like from what you're referring to with the guitar and voice lessons. Oh yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kids Bridge Art Camp Arts Camp is uh, a summer camp. It's about a week long in Trenton, New Jersey, and it's kind of a lot of urban youth that come to this camp, and there's dance and singing and poetry and flamenco, and I do the songwriting, and um, I've been doing it for about five years now, and uh, have lovingly become uh, Miss Skittle to the students there because of my pink hair. And I think they were making fun of me at first, but I learned how to own it, and now it's like respect, you know? (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Uh, yeah, and the way I understand that, and, and we don't need to get into it, but it's sort of a Sarah Donner, Miss Skittle, uh, two separate identities, just like Batman and Bruce Wayne. We don't need to get in that, but we will. We will protect the names to uh, what is it? What is it that they say? Withhold the names to protect the innocent, I believe. But but yeah. but good for you. That that camp sounds like a very noble initiative. Good for you for being involved with that. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. It's a lot of yelling and wrangling, <laughs> but when we come to the end of the week, we put on a concert for the parents and the grandparents, and they, they shape right up, and they perform very well and show everybody what they've learned, and we come up with a lot of ridiculous songs, so it's it's a lot of fun. I, I love it. But so just to, just to set the record straight, and then we'll move on, as I said, this note that I got was past tense. She taught songwriting to five to fourteen year old kids at Kidsbridge Arts Camp for three days for the last five years. So you're still doing it. It's sounding oh. to me like Oh, uh we no, I what, two weeks ago? Yeah, I came back from tour. I was on tour for about eight weeks. I came back to New Jersey for three days to do the teaching of the, the songwriting class and so that's over. But um, now I just do private lessons one-on-one in my studio. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. In other words, it's not, oh, that's old news, Bruce. I stopped doing that camp two years ago. You you did still do it as recently as a couple weeks ago. Yes, 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 I did. I still have the battle scars. <laughs> so, listeners, you heard in the intro how much Sarah is doing, and then we talked about the guitar and voice lessons, and if all that's not enough in this camp as well, Sarah, you're even writing a musical <laughs> yes, I am writing a musical uh, with playwright David Lee White, and he is um, the associate artistic director for Passage Theater, which is a um, regional equity theater in Trenton, and um, he has written many plays, and uh, I've actually been working with them for a long time. I have a long-standing background in technical theater as a scenic artist, as well as doing acting and box office managing and you know wow. all the all the jobs you have to do just to be an artist <laughs> you know um so finally uh we decided to collaborate and write a musical so we had um our first reading of this musical last year at bristol riverside theater which is a philadelphia theater and uh it's about what well, the musical is called live stream and it's uh, sort of a love triangle between actually you'll love this it's between two podcasters <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh and this this third mysterious woman on the internet who's also a singer songwriter played by me and uh it's kind of uh, about the legacy that you leave behind on the internet and uh you know that people aren't always what they seem, and that that kind of thing. It's it's a it's a very funny show, and we're just about to um, embark on our second reading and workshop in mid November in Philadelphia, and uh, then we're going to shoot towards a full fledged production in spring two thousand fifteen. So I I have a lot of writing to do because I, I we did this last year, but since then we've got three or four new drafts. There are characters that are no longer dead that were dead so there's a a lot of points that have have shifted but i think it's it's made the show a a stronger show and i need to go and be a stronger songwriter and get in there and write some more music well very interesting though and I i feel obligated to say something to the effect of obviously yes i can relate but i don't know that i consider myself a podcaster i'm i'm supposed to say something along the lines of I'm the president of Now Hear This Incorporated that does management promotion and booking, and I just happen to do a podcast along with it. Just like last week's guest, Srini Rao, he said, uh, I'm going to try to get the quote right and drawing from my memory bank. It was something along the lines of, I'm not a podcaster, I'm a storyteller who uses that medium, um, (laughs) dot, 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 to get my message out or something to that effect. But, you know, good for you because a lot of people, you would hear them say, 
yeah, I'm working on a musical or I'm writing a musical. And then when you kind of put their feet to the fire, well, you know, it's just kind of something I'm, I'm brainstorming. And you've gone all in with this. It's it's written. There's, there's you know, you said yeah. that the first read has been done. You've got an actual timeline in place. So that's, you know, that's a very invested effort on your part for sure. Yeah, it's the first time I've collaborated with so many other people and it's also the first time I'm writing for voices that aren't my own and it's the biggest challenge has been writing for the male voice because I just I don't have (laughs) you know I've never had the inspiration to write songs from a male perspective or just you know technically speaking you know from that kind of a voice so even in the first reading I realized some of the songs I had written I thought I had wanted a baritone and really I needed a tenor and then we still had to drop keys because you know I'm just still writing with my voice and even though I'm thinking as I'm writing and singing you know I'm like oh I think this isn't the right key Uh, you know it it depends on who the actor is and and how that works out so that, that was a really big challenge and trying to also write for multiple voices is that's a lot of fun. I grew up, uh, you know, in a very musical household with a family, and we all sang and um, went to choir, college, and uh, was big into musical theater. So I love having those pieces where, you know, three different voices are singing three different lines, and you just have this cool polyphony and, you know, just choosing the different parts of the music that you decide uh, are the important parts. And I, you know, have a lot of fun doing that. So it's, it's nice, too, that I get to perform it at this point in the game. But I have to wonder, and this is taking me back to episode five with Kate Callahan. Uh, Go back and listen to that one, listeners, if you haven't, and and I'll tell you why. And and to some extent, even episode one uh, with Shauna P., who was on The Voice last year, I I was going to ask you, Sarah, you know, does going through this experience kind of open a door for you when it does come to your quote-unquote regular everyday songwriting that now you've had this whole new experience that you're going, wow, you know, I'm uncomfortable right now because I'm not used to writing from this perspective, but it is going to give me a whole new vision as I go back to my quote-unquote regular everyday songwriting. And what I was referring to from the past episodes is on episode five, Kate Callahan talked about this horrific skiing accident that she was in many years ago and did say that, yes, as a result, not only did she have to relearn a lot of things, but certainly she started writing a little differently because of the accident. And Shauna P., the same thing, you know, we kind of, and I, and I think I caught her off guard, but I said, you know, perhaps the experience from The Voice uh, will make some sort of impact on your songwriting that you'll start doing things a little differently just based on what you learned out there. So perhaps this musical will have more benefits to you than just what one might envision as being the obvious benefits. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, it's it's opening some doors um, that are exciting and, um, you know, just putting that side of myself out there, especially during shows or, you know, when I'm just putting out the singer-songwriter Sarah side and people find out that you're doing this other thing. It's, um, you know, really interesting, the responses you get. And uh, and for me, it's it's really exciting to be on this side of the stage. Um, I have worked a lot, like I said, in technical theater, um, just doing scenic painting and props and all those kind of other backstage, not-so-glamorous bits of theater. And now that I'm on this, the artistic side, it's really exciting and uh you know i get to look at 
you know, headshots or see the actors that we're looking at for these parts. It's really fun to be judgmental, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just be like, oh, I don't, you know, oh, they just don't look right for the part. And, you know, just to see kind of, oh, you know, because I used to be the one auditioning for things and, um, you know, and having to get the approval of other people so that I could be in a show. And it's it's fascinating just to be on the other side of that. Um, and I, you know, once we do get this thing up and running, I'm sure, you know, musically speaking, it's going to open some doors. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about it. I haven't, you know, definitely haven't seen it to its fruition yet but when we get there yeah we're, we're gonna have some new opportunities i think well and it almost makes me think of kind of mirroring the experience of you trying to book yourself to play at a venue and someone saying oh we've gone with someone else sorry and that you know it's it's the same thing well why didn't i get the part in the musical and you're saying well sure. why didn't i get the booking you know who did you pick over me and why what could i do better next time was it my epk what what was the story so you are getting to kind of see it from their seat now yeah definitely and i mean that's kind of and that's sort of where song being a singer songwriter came in was i had initially embarked on more of a musical theater path and i just didn't want to audition anymore and i was like <laughs> i just want to sing and perform so i'll just make my own songs and i'll make my own show and you know that that's what i did but i you know still definitely have a huge heart for for broadway and you know that that kind of stuff as well so i'll show you she yelled with her fist raised as she stamped off the stage <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's funny, like looking back at the things that you know, all the people who rejected me, and I feel like I've, I've come so far, you know, from where I did initially start. And it's just it's kind of like, oh, if I had known I was going to be okay, maybe I wouldn't have beat myself up quite so much. But what is your personality? Are you the kind of person that will go back to those people and say, you know, I'm picturing Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman when she went back in that store and said, do you work on commission here? And held up all the purchases she had made elsewhere and said, big mistake. Are you someone that will go back to those people and say, boy, you missed out? Or is it, hey, you know what? Life goes on. Uh, it's more life goes on for me. I'm, I'm not big into the confrontation. Even if I'm right, I'll still, <laughs> you know, I'll still go and go on the other side of the street just, just because. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's back up to the song that we opened the show with. Speaking of the, the songwriter side of Sarah Donner, I'm going to ask you about the that is a Pegasus album, which this is from. But first, if you would, just tell the listeners about that song that we played called With Pride. Sure. Um, I wrote With Pride, I think, a year ago, maybe two. Um, but I wrote that song. It's about, you know, being yourself. And I, I wrote it for, um, she was actually one of my guitar students at the time. and uh, And she had been married for 15 years and she had a daughter who was uh, had severe disabilities and, and her daughter passed away and after her daughter passed away it sort of came to light that she was a lesbian I mean you know to the rest of us it came to light obviously she she knew that and she realized that you know it was sort of her child that had been keeping this marriage going and after her daughter passed away um she decided that it was time to come out and so she did that and it was a pretty rough battle for her um emotionally and you know divorcing her husband and um but in the end she just blossomed and became this 
this newer, happier person. And, and she found a partner and she moved to Virginia and she's doing really well and we still keep in touch and she's super happy. Um, so it was this, you know, big tragedy that led to some huge self discoveries. And, uh, I just found that really inspiring. And I wrote that song with pride for her. Um, you know, just because I thought it would be fun to, to have a nice pride song, um, on, in, in the repertoire, you know. And that, my friends, is a textbook answer that I love to get on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. I love asking guests who are songwriters to talk about a song that we've played or about to play by them, and sometimes you get the, the real short to the point, well, there's really not a whole lot to say about that song. It's a song about X, Y, Z, and uh, yeah, and that's all <laughs> they tell you. And, and and what you just gave, tremendous insight. So uh, So thank you for that, Sarah. Very... Very insightful. As I said, I I do want to ask you about the album, but we need to lay a little groundwork here first. So listeners, and and even you, Sarah, stick with me on this, and and we'll go there as follows. Right right off the bat, people need to know how much you love kitties, to to, to the point that you even do rescue. So just talk about that first. Sure, sure. Um, Yes, I love cats. I love animals in general. It just happens to be the cats that uh, were procreating in my parking lot. So sort of (laughs) how it started, you know, Um, there was a kitten eating a bagel, dragging a bagel out of my trash probably seven or eight years ago. And I was like, oh, no, it's adorable. I should feed it. So I started feeding one. And of course, they let all their friends know. And they (laughs) Everybody came, and I became Breakfast a neighborhood cat. Breakfast at Sarah's. Cat. Come on yeah. over. Yeah, and then eventually they brought their babies. And when they brought their babies, it was like, okay, this we got to do something. So, um, you know, I'd grab the kittens, and then I would domesticate them and take care of them and find homes and um, just out of, you know, my bathroom and my apartment. And so over the course of, I don't know, five or six years, I've lost count now, but it was over 200 kittens that wow. I have found homes wow. for and domesticated and um and after eventually i did um a lot of trap neuter release for the adult cats which is just a method of you know you trap the cat you get it fixed and you let it go back out into the wild and uh you know eventually population control um was came down to not population population growth um was zero And when that happened, I started doing rescue for some local shelters. So now I work with Trenton cats, um, mostly, and they pretty much give me a call anytime there are bottle babies or kittens. I live in a pretty small apartment, so my fostering is limited to pretty small cats. Uh, I do have five cats of my own. Um, They're my permanent collection. And then (laughs) I also have between four and six kittens, whatever the litter is that's you know, often hanging out in, in my bathroom until they've they've got the uh, get the box down and they can figure that out. Then they're allowed to wander around a little bit more. Um, but yeah, there's a constant flow of cats in and out, and it's convenient also teaching lessons because I can often find families that <laughs> didn't know ah, they wanted a kitten. But very nice. Yeah, you did sneaky. really good today. Here's a kitten. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you play that scale so well. <laughs> well, you know. When you were getting to the point where you said 
that cats were coming from near and far. Hey, this this girl's putting breakfast out for us. I was kind of waiting for you to say. So I had to sit down with all of them and told them, look, this is how things are are going to have to work around here. But in all seriousness, you know what what a what a really kind spirit you have. What you know what a generous heart you have to to watch that develop and and say, you know, I could turn my back and say, uh oh, you know, I've started a little bit of a, a little bit of a scene here that's unmanageable. Or do what you did, and so hats off to you for for your kindness and and the fact that it has continued for so long. Oh, thank you. It's I, it's just sort of like a natural. I'm just I just gravitate towards the animals and uh, a little bit of that that kind of crazy cat lady, I guess, in me. And as soon as I see them, it's just like, oh, I must have you. Don't you want to <laughs> love me? And you know, yeah. And if. I, if there's a phone ringing in the background, it's a cat. Uh, do you have any vacancies these days? I'm doing a podcast right now. <laughs> Call me later. Uh, but the, but then it should come as no surprise, uh, great segue here, that your music is released on Cat Lady Records. So knowing that we've got listeners who are up-and-coming singers, songwriters, artists who are wanting to learn from people who've been there, done that, as the saying goes, just talk about the formation of Cat Lady Records, meaning was it you just coming up with that as your own label? When did you do it? How much work is involved in creating your own label? Those types of things. Um, well, uh, yeah, I guess when I came out with my first album, which was Reluctant Cat Lady in 2007, um, just figured, oh, it'd be nice to have a label or something to put it out under. And uh, it, it wasn't initially that difficult to you know, get your business, you just kind of go down to town hall and say, Hey, I've got this, I want to be cat lady records and you pay a fee and they give you a certificate and voila, you're a business. So, you know, you can, it's easy to see and to put on paper, but yeah, the, the other side of it, there is a, there's a lot of work. Um, I am my own booking manager. Uh, yeah, I mailer <laughs> publicist. I, I, I do a lot of it. I, I try, I've been able over the years to get some help with that, but most of it is just me, um, you know, and it's fun to have a, a fun logo on your album. <laughs> sure, but, uh, sure. I, I don't know. It's I, I thought about, you know, trying to get some other artists on the label, and it just, it seems to be at this point in the game that, even in this point in the music industry, it's like everybody can kind of just do it on their own. And, and when I started Cat Lady Records, it was sort of the beginning of the end, I think, for the, for the big labels and things were changing. And I mean, that was, I, that was in the days of MySpace. And uh, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. And, and, you know, I really enjoy having a little label of my own to, to put out there. And I get, I get people calling once in a while looking for the record store. <laughs> I was like, no, that's that's not what this is. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's the story of Cat Lady Records, I guess. Well, but it's an interesting one because, again, I, I feel like I'm, shall I say, pimping uh, previous shows. But the, I, I do like the consistency. It tells me that I'm doing something right with the podcast because on episode 23, uh, Amy Petty talked about MySpace and, and said that that's how she got her her first record deal was somebody on MySpace that found her music. And, you know, it, it also really brings up the discussion, and I talked about this 
uh, when Bruce Barker was was on the show, episode 17, because he's a radio guy. And I talked about, you know, these people that are listening that are up-and-comers that are blindly, unsolicited, sending their material to radio stations. And, and, and he talked a lot about, you know, you do need to do your research, not even so much as does the radio station take it, but there's a perfect example right there. People are calling you up looking for the record store, and if you really and truly are at the point where Cat Lady Records is just for your own music, then people need to understand that so that they're not contacting you and saying, how do I get signed to your label? Because mm-hmm. so many people want want that and think that's where they need to be. Yeah, I I think it kind of harkens back to the fact that I got tired of auditioning for things or I didn't want to wait for someone else's permission to be a performer so I just went out and I did it so this same kind of thing goes with the records like I haven't I really haven't tried courting other labels or I I never was one to just I guess I'm not the squeaky wheel like I'd rather just go do it myself than keep pestering people to pay attention to me because as far as I'm concerned if you know if you're talented and you're passionate and you're kind of and you're genuine you can go out there and put on a show and people are going to respond to that and that's kind of been the biggest success for me is just by going out there and doing it myself so I mean I do you know I work with some other companies that you know I hire to do some radio um, campaigns and stuff like that but it's it's still the, the biggest you know the the biggest response I get just comes from me doing my own thing um, so it's, it is nice to have a business and to say oh yeah I have a label but um you know, at the end of the day, it's it's you getting out there and doing it all yourself that's going to make you successful. And, and I'm just, you know, if a big label came to me and somebody wanted to give me a lot of money, I'm not, like, I'd say no, but Absolutely. I'm not holding my breath for that kind sure, of a thing. And sure. I'm, I'm really big on creative control. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm not one to, to be selling out, you know. Not well, too much, anyways. <laughs> the, the question that it makes me think of, and, and this is because, you know, in my business, and, and depends, you know, different clients call me different things. He's my manager, uh, he's my publicist, he's my agent. A lot of people, because now here this does so much, management, promotion, and booking, a lot of people have said, well, you are to, you ought to start a, a publishing arm and, and let now hear this, you know, do, do publishing for, for your own clients or just for non-clients to come to. And part of it is you start thinking about the extra work involved. So even though it's you, we've talked already on the show about how many different things that you're involved with. Does having your own label create, does it, does it cause you to have extra work that you have to do because you have a label all in, I'm holding up air quotes? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, just financially, the organization of that and the taxes and, um, you know, keeping track of, of rosters and, Gosh, I mean, social media, there's just so many sites that I'm on and trying to keep up to date, you know, profiles and information about your concert listings and your booking emails. I still haven't even figured out a great way to, you know, send out a lot of booking emails because you want to do that. You know, you would love to send out a mass email, but at the same time, I know you get a much better response if you put something personal in there, Sure, sure. you know, and it's not just mass emails. So, you know, I take the time to do my research and where I'm trying to book or when I'm doing a tour. Um, and it's just, it's amazing how long, <laughs> how how long I can be on the computer just doing emails, you know, for my music. Um, so, I mean, I, 
I don't mind being on my computer, but it's, you know, I'd rather be out there playing shows and, you know, doing that fun, glamorous stuff. So it sounds like that that's a long, that's a long yes. Having my own label does create additional work for me. You started to mention that the, the tax implications and that type of thing, but it, even yeah. though it is, or at least back in when you set it up, it, it was as simple as going down to the courthouse and getting the paper. Uh, it, it does still now many years later demand extra time from you because it is your label that you are running, even though you're the only artist on that label. Oh yeah, sure. Definitely. Yep. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is dress properly. On a personal note, just because it's Nashville, why do I see this cookie-cutter approach for females there, huh, ladies? Blonde hair, sundress, cowboy boots, and playing songs that all have the same four chords. Come on. But don't show up to play in a nice lounge at a hotel and have on distressed jeans, flip-flops, and a t-shirt with some stupid saying on it. The shirt's not funny, and you're showing disrespect for the venue and its patrons. It's all a part of image. With my Now Hear This clients, I'm very big on image, and the way you dress is a factor in that equation. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey is singer-songwriter Sarah Donner. Visit her official website at www.saradonner.com. She is very active on social media, too. At the top of her website homepage, there are links so you can find her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can even purchase her music, as well as Sarah Donner merchandise, on her website. Her music is also available on iTunes, Amazon.com, CDBaby.com, and other online retailers. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, and it saddens me that I still have to say that's Now Hear This, H-E-A-R. I got an email the other day, somebody referred to the company Now Hear This and spelled it h-e-r-e very sad sign up for the news uh sign up for the e-newsletter on now hear this.biz and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week it'll just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't even have to go looking for it feel free to use the social media buttons on now hear this.biz to like the now hear this page on facebook and or become a twitter follower and please i'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast, so listeners, post your comments on that feed on that uh, Facebook page I just mentioned, facebook.com slash nowhearthisinc. Okay, so now that we've established that you love cats, you have a record label called Cat Lady Records, and I've already mentioned that is a Pegasus, which is your newest release. Before we get to the album being made, first talk about the big leap that you made last December, because you did what so many artists want to do, but just can't bring themselves to pull the trigger. You quit your day job to go all in with music. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was hard, but, um, you come to a point, it's, it's not something I would do lightly. And, you know, there are many years of having my day job that, you know, kind of allowed me to do my music, but, um, there just came a point where I was very unhappy with what I was doing. And, uh, so unhappy that it was, mentally detrimental and mm. it was just it really wasn't a question anymore because you know it just wasn't worth it um to do that and so yeah i 
I did. I, I took that big leap and I said, nope, I'm done. And uh, so I, that's when I really fell back on what I was, when I was uh, teaching voice lessons and guitar lessons, I had, during, while I had my day job, I had like four or five students and it was just, you know, something I did for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I quit in December, I really didn't have <laughs> much else of a plan out there. So um, I put, some ads out in the papers and some Facebook ads and uh, my studio tripled in size uh, wow. over the course of a couple months. Wow. Yeah. And so I've been, I've been doing that uh, since, since January. And, you know, I also, you know, I supplement it with other things, um, just any creative endeavors and you know, little stuff that I can do. Uh, you know, I, I, I work on that. And before I had a full-time job, um, I was a freelancer and, and at some point, I was, you know, very happy to have that that day job and just security of health insurance and income. But um, thanks to Obamacare, <laughs> I, I've been able to, you know, jump off that that bandwagon and kind of get on my own on my own path. And I'm just so much so much happier now that I've done that. And it's it's stressful sometimes because I, you know, I don't always know where that steady paycheck is coming from, but so far, you know, it's, it's, it's worked out and, uh, you know, I just have to trust that it's going to keep working out and, and calm down and take it day by day. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting the same vision that I had on that episode 23 with Amy Petty that I talked about where I said, I'm going to write a blog entitled, I would rather do a house concert that sing at Carnegie Hall, says singer-songwriter Amy Petty, and uh, and hoping it would go viral and everybody would know about me, everyone would know about Now Hear This, everyone would know about Amy Petty. And in this case, we should do a blog that says, Obamacare has definitely worked for me, says singer-songwriter Sarah Donner, and you'll become this this national face of, of Obamacare. Before you know it, you'll be invited to the White House, be playing your songs out on the, what do they call it, the West Lawn or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has nothing else going on. He's, he could use it. I'll do a White House concert. That would be there. You go. Yeah, it's a it's a different type of house concert. Yeah. Uh, so then the album itself, you flew out to L.A. to record this uh, with engineer and co-producer Owen Lewis, who has credits with REM and Lady Gaga, among others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, he crashed on my couch for a couple of weeks. Probably, gosh four or five years ago and uh he was touring with another singer-songwriter named Kiernan McMullen and uh after he stayed here he offered to work on my um, album Typing is Dangerous so he did that one for me and I loved what he had done so he's I've worked with him since then on my albums but he's yeah he's from Ireland and and we did most of the last album, Fossil of Girl, we just did through Dropbox and email, and uh, we never actually spent any time face-to-face. So this new one, that is a Pegasus, this is the first time I've actually gotten out of the Cat Lady Records studios and gone somewhere else to work on on, uh, on my music, and it's it, I think it really shows for the better on this album. Um, I'm... A, very controlling person (laughs) and you know it's hard for me to kind of let go and let somebody else have have their moment to uh interpret what the song should sound like and i think we've just i've been working with owen for so long that he kind of got it and it was it wasn't you know a painful process at all to to record the stuff but it's um i think it's really important when you're 
doing things on your own to have that other voice to let you know that you could be doing it better. And I think this is this is the first time I've had somebody else recording, you know, while I do the vocals and while I do the guitar, you know, I would do it all myself, but having somebody else taking care of that just allowed me to give a better performance. And also, um, you know, he was able to listen and say, you can do it better, you know, do it again, do it again, you know? And so I was grumbling at the time, but I am very happy with what we've made. And so having, yeah, having Owen there just, you know, made it so much better than it could have been just if I did it by myself. Now, you said that you're a control person, and I know that I'm a details person. So when you say you decided to get out for the first time out of the the Cat Lady Records studios and go to L.A. for this, that had to be, for someone that that wants to be in control, to step outside your comfort zone, what what was it that made you decide, that's what I'm going to do for this project? Um, I guess... I know that going out of your comfort zone is actually a healthy thing. <laughs> and I just, I haven't done it. And I thought, you know, he, he had much better, his studio setup is, is so much better than mine and just the equipment. And, um, he had a lot of organs and keyboards and just more toys to play with than I have here. <laughs> so I, yeah, you know, I, I was really excited to put all this new music out there and I knew that I could make the album better if I just trusted somebody else to help me out and because I already knew him it wasn't it wasn't too much of a stretch because you know you're just sitting in a basement in a studio with your friends yeah, and yeah. making music so it wasn't that stressful and you know that's pretty important to me is that you know I'm comfortable with whoever I'm making the music in front of yeah so in other words it was a step outside your comfort zone so to speak but it was a very small step <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I, kn- I know we've done this on other episodes of the podcast. I'm, I'm thinking of episode 13 in particular with Hope Cassidy. So listeners, go back and, and check that one out. But what I'm getting at here is crowdfunding. I mentioned in the intro that your That is a Pegasus album was largely paid for thanks to a successful Kickstarter campaign. I guess I should say more than paid for because the campaign page is still up, even though it's finished, and it shows that your original goal was $10,000, but you actually raised over $15,000. So how did you find the experience to be going through that process? And and to what do you credit having been able to raise 150% of what you needed? Sure. Um, Well, when you start on the Kickstarter campaign, there is a lot of work that goes in before you ask anybody for money. And you really have to put a lot of time and thought into, you know, the, the prizes that you're going to give your backers. And you also need a pretty strong, healthy fan base that's already going to be in place that you're fairly confident will give you money. Um, it was, it was challenging for me to figure out how much I wanted to ask for because I didn't want to lowball it. But at the same time, I didn't, want to ask for too much and then you don't get any of the money if you don't reach your goal right um so you know i kind of thought of all the creative things that i could possibly do and offer people um and i organize it into this lovely campaign and you send it to kickstarter and they approve it or by the way i found out you cannot offer live animals as prizes <laughs> <laughs> i had a uh, i had a what i think the most expensive uh, the most expensive tier 
um, was going to be a bespoke kitten delivery where I would choose <laughs> the kitten for you and I'd bring it to you anywhere in the country. Um, but yeah, they were like, no, you can't do that. So, uh, so no, no animals, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and once you've got that down, then you just, you click on the button and you let it sit there and hope everybody tweets and retweets and shares and likes and all the social media things. And, uh, I think part of the success, you know, goes to all the wonderful fans I have out there, um, you know. And it's a strong internet fan base um, and just people sharing and wanting to get behind me and my music. Um, it's very rewarding. And I think the first day we raised almost half, maybe more than wow. half. Wow. And so I was just like, oh, okay, somebody likes me. I guess this <laughs> might work. And uh, and then you just, you know, you kind of have to start grinding that wheel and and. You know, you don't want to be pester. You don't want to pester people too much, but you still need to keep reminding people that. By the way, I need some money. I need some money, and um, and I have you know some some friends with bigger followings that I do that were kind enough to you know share my project and and tell their fans. And so I definitely credit um, some of those bands with helping me get get that going. Very good. Well, I mentioned episode thirteen with Hope Cassidy. I know we talked about crowdfunding on there because we talked about Kickstarter and, and as you said, the fact that if you don't reach your goal, you don't get any of the money. And I chimed in that there's a, there's a site uh, such as Rocket Hub, for example, where if you don't meet your goal, they'll still give you a portion of it. But boy, for the life of me, for someone that was uh, calling himself out on, on pimping previous episodes of the show a little while ago, I'm drawing a blank. I know that there's at least one other episode where we were talking about it. And I guess I should say, if someone out there can can email me or, or post on my Facebook page or, or when Sarah puts this up on her Facebook page, if you, if you know which previous episode other than Hope Cassidy episode 13, we talked about crowdfunding, be the first one to, uh, to let me know and I'll send you a Now Hear This Entertainment podcast t-shirt because it's driving me nuts and I'd love to know uh, which one it was. I guess that's what you start to run into when you're up to, I believe today is episode 33. Um, your story, Sarah, or at least the part of it that I'm about to tell, I keep referring to, to Amy Petty, my guest on episode 23. And listeners, if you didn't hear that one, definitely listen to episode 23 as well, because we had a lot of fun on that one. But Amy wrote a blog called Why I Won't Be Auditioning for The Voice or Any Other Televised Talent Competition and it went viral. So I want to take the same line of questioning with you, Sarah. On the heels of just having asked you how you pulled off the Kickstarter campaign so successfully, again, I know that there are artists out there who say, boy, if I could just get one of my videos to go viral, that that would really be the springboard I would need to get to the next level. And I mentioned in the intro of this show about your Sleepy Kitten video, which indeed did go viral and is closing in on 1 million views on YouTube. So I'll ask you, how did you get it to go viral? And, and when you were making the video, did you think, hmm, I think I'm onto something here. This this could have the potential to really take off, even though it's just a sleepy cat and not some million-dollar L.A. production with dancers and special effects? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pure luck right there. Because let me tell you, <laughs> obviously it hasn't happened since that kitten. Uh, yeah, I just sat down. I started playing the song on my ukulele and uh, Little Lady Peanut. <laughs> wandered on over and started listening and I was like oh she's she's actually listening 
and sitting still. So I had, I think I had had like a little camera or something on the bed and I just kind of grabbed it and I just stuck the camera just right in front of, right in front of my leg. So I was just staring at her and she just watched the entire time while I played this song and she had little siblings in the back that are jumping around and playing and it's, oh, it's so adorable. And yeah, I, in retrospect, I wish I had tuned my ukulele a little better because it's <laughs> it's a little out of tune. But it's like, well, you know, you have the cat's attention. You better just go. So, yeah, so that's what I did. And I, I sent it to a few friends and they were like, oh, this is going to go viral. You've got to do something with it. So, um, I mean, I didn't initially do too much because you can't make a thing go viral. You know, it just happens. Uh, I had a lot of cat friends and cat blogs and just anything on the internet that liked cats, which, as you know, is <laughs> probably 85% of the internet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then they just kind of got sharing. And every once in a while, it, it gets a it gets boosted or um, it gets on, like, BuzzFeed or Wimp or Sun Gazing. I, you know, just these websites that have really big following. Somebody will pick it up and then it'll kind of tumble and, and grow. So, it, you know... It's taken a long time. I think I posted that video in 2009. So it wasn't a fast, a fast viral thing. But, uh, you know, I'm grateful for, for the fans it's brought me so far. And there's a little, um, there's a little uh, link that pops up at the end of it, you know, asking if, you know, if you want to donate to my kittens, you know, you can, you can send me money. I have an Amazon wish list that's public for cat food. And you know, people... <laughs> people respond to that wow. and i i'm so grateful like i have stacks of of cat food and and kitten milk and wow. it's it's such a blessing that you know people respond in in nice ways on the internet sometimes and there's so much negative stuff yeah, out there but yeah but so just to clarify so so winding up on buzzfeed that was organic that was not you trying to get it on buzzfeed no nope Okay, well, we set the record straight once again. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from New Jersey is singer-songwriter Sarah Donner. Visit her official website at www.saradonner.com. She is very active on social media, too. At the top of her website homepage, look for the links so you can find her and follow her. She's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can even purchase her music as well uh, right on sarahdonner.com there's merchandise there also and her music can also be found on itunes amazon.com cdbaby.com other online retailers as well be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz that's h-e-a-r sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast please tell others about it as well and feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Sarah, I must confess that you being on my show today is a direct result of that video because it's how you came onto my radar. So just like I asked Amy Petty on episode 23, have Sarah, have other interviews come your way because of the video? And, and for that matter, have you gotten opportunities I know you said uh, donations, but have you gotten opportunities because of people finding you that way? I'm, I'm thinking maybe shows that you got booked to play, or perhaps even sponsors in the in the kitten or the pet industry. Any anything? Any other benefits? Sure. Um, yeah, I wrote for the website Catster 
for a year, I did a series called Ask a Cat Lady, where I answered people's questions about their cats in cat, vi- uh, <laughs> answered people's questions about their cats in music video format. Awesome. Um, that was a challenge and a lot of fun. That, that went for almost a year. It went for 60 episodes. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And then people, when I, when I send out my booking emails and things, I usually add that video and, you know, every once in a while you get those bookers that are, Oh, I love that video. Yeah. (laughs) Come play the show, you know? Very nice. Uh, yeah. And I haven't, I haven't got, I've gotten offers and some, you know, things that haven't panned out all the way through for some commercials and things like that. But, you know, I'm not at liberty to like announce anything at this point because we don't know until yet, you know, stuff is actually, you know, published that, you know, these things are happening. So sure. Well, it's a good thing that I can't see you right now because I'm going to make you blush, but, but bear with me as I read off all these accomplishments of yours. Uh, Sarah's the irrigation song music video landed her a featured guest slot on NPR's You Bet Your Garden in 2010. She was also chosen as a regional finalist in that year's Mountain Stage New Song Contest. The year before, Sarah was a new folk finalist at the Kerrville Folk Festival. The songs Whalers and Sailors and Knocks on the Door were chosen from over 800 entries. Sarah, this is all amazing especially considering that all of these achievements came before you quit your day job to do music full time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess you need, I needed some things behind me before I could take that leap, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I just keep doing my thing and, you know, hope that good things keep coming my way. Well, it sounds to me like a, a classic case of hard work pays off and, and I take my hat off to you for, for acknowledging, you know, I, I need to lay a successful foundation to build from, and, and, and that's exactly what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't go quitting your day jobs until you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got something to land on there. Because yeah, uh, we're about out of time, but I wanted to also mention that you're not just an artist in terms of a singer songwriter, but you love art too. Specifically, there's a whole portraits section on your website just talk about that passion of yours sure well i I, like i mentioned earlier i have a background as a scenic painter so i'm very very equipped to paint and to to look at images and recreate them um and it was something that i had done in college and i had taken art classes and uh once i was doing had my day job which was being an artist for other people and realizing other people's creations on stage. Uh, I didn't do any more painting of my own because I just didn't want to come home and do any more painting. Uh, (laughs) So when I, when I quit, you know, it was, it was a big thought in the back of my mind that, Hey, I could, I could do some pet portraits and um, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty good at, I have a lot of experience looking at cats. So that seems to be the best subject for me. And uh, that was one of the Kickstarter rewards was a a pet portrait. And I just wanted to use, I thought using Kickstarter as a bit of a platform to see what I could accomplish and how long it would take me to accomplish. Um, I thought that that would be a a good way to get that going. And uh, yeah, it it really, you know, it it sort of took off from there. And so, you know, I've got some commissions. I'm going to have my first... Uh, public art show in Princeton in December. Wow! So I have a lot, that's another thing I have a lot of work to do is <laughs> go and paint some paintings. But uh, yeah, that's another thing I do, and I I love it. And then you don't have to pay a graphic artist to create your album covers for you because you can just 
come up with them yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> usually by that time, though, I'm like, somebody else do it. I've, I've done too much on this album. <laughs> but you see, last week, uh, Srini Rao talked about how he uh, was reading a book for, for 30 days straight. He was, I think it was called something as basic as Learn to Draw in 30 Days and got to the end of it and saw an improvement but decided, you know, what you just said. I'm just going to hire an expert and lo and behold, that person has turned out to do all the art for every episode of, of his podcast. is actually a fascinating story. Uh, in closing, we're going to be ending the podcast today with a song of yours called Perfect Time, which is also from the that is a Pegasus album. Before we close, Sarah, if you would tell the listeners what this song is about. Sure. I wrote this song for my my bass player, Jay, uh, after he lost his father. And it's it's about coping with loss and sort of the hope we have from day to day to, to keep on going. And, you know, I just wanted to show my support for for Jay at the time when he was going through that. And, the, you know, the best way I, I seem to share my feelings is in song. So that's what that's about. And, and nicely done, might I say myself. I, I listened to the songs when you had sent them to me in the lead up to this interview, and, and I did particularly enjoy the song. So glad that we're getting the opportunity to play it. Thank you very much. Well, and thank and, you for having me. Yes, and, and thank you very much for being here. I appreciate you making the time, especially in light of what a busy schedule we've outlined over the course of the show that you do keep. So thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm really glad I could do it. I would like to close by formally thanking my guest, singer-songwriter Sarah Donner. Remember, again, please visit her official website, very good website, www.saradonner.com. As I have been saying throughout the show, she is very active on social media, so please engage with her. Remember that at the top of her website homepage, there are links so you can find her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, YouTube, where the Sleepy Kitten video is getting so much activity. And of course, you can even purchase her music as well as Sarah Donner merchandise on her website. Plus, look for her music on iTunes, Amazon.com, CDBaby.com, and other online retailers. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. And how about giving us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully a five-star rating to go with it. That actually does help the show quite a bit. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. You can repost them. And you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. As I mentioned before, let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel at nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Sarah Donner. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Perfect Time. You have brought a lot of joy to my life that I love. Now you have got a broken heart. So what? What can I give you all these grades? They make you feel older, but you've got 10,000 days, and this one's gonna blow over. The ones we 
To love, to love. 